so much for sitting down with me today. You're really welcome. You are welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Um, through your art and activism, everyone can see that you are really deeply concerned about the state of the world. As an artist, activist, and philanthropist, what do you see as the greatest challenges facing the planet today? That's why I do art, activism, and philanthropy together. I think the greatest challenges is that we have blocked, uh, humans have placed themselves above everyone else on the scale. And they, believe, they have lost sight that they are part of Mother Nature and a part of this, this amazingly complex ecosystem that we call humanity. And when you do that, what happens when you put yourself separate, you lose value in what really is going on. And, you know, you, people love, they protect what they love, right? And the loss of the feeling about the wonder of Mother Nature is what's hurting it. We, we're looking at Mother Earth as a product to be resourced. I completely agree with you. Um, Attenborough, Goodall, and Lovelock are some of the greatest scientists and activists, and they've outlined the massive problems that we face. Um, you've been pushing the message of intergenerational conversations. Why is this a big focus of your work? Um, well, I, I don't think that this is a situation that can be solved unless we all solve it together. And I also believe that through intergenerational dialogue, which is why I started this activist series, why is it, it is in universities, um, it's now is, it is interdepartmental, it's within curriculum. Um, and I think what it, we have to be able to talk to each other. We have to be able, young people have to come together. Um, and and look at the problems. Um, I won't even call them problems. It just is what it is. To look at what we're dealing with. The wise elders, that's me, and other people like me, you know, we have historical knowledge of how this happened. And you could look at, uh, you know, one of the first environmentalists, Rachel Carson, right? And, and we owe her so much because she, for 50 years, she kept at this, saying there's something wrong here. Mother Nature and the inhabitants in it and on it are in trouble. So I think what you bring, mm -hmm. which is why it's so important, first of all, you're going to inherit the planet. Yeah. And we have done a very poor job for you. And it will be one of the biggest regrets of my life is that we didn't realize it sooner. Um, and the other thing is most people in my generation have become very apathetic. They, it's, they say, there's nothing we can do about it. We're going to check out. We're going to let the other generations that are coming up handle it. But it's not going to work that way. So by bringing these con conscious conversations together, we can Talk about, because every single one of these pieces that you see, all 21 of them, there's the same thread that runs through them. They are not disconnected from each other. They're not at all. 
Every single thing is connected. And we're not going to solve it by working in silos, working with just the climate crisis people, or just the environmental people, or just the um, economists. Or it's, we all have to work together because they're common problems. Nowadays, I always hear people say that my generation is going to fix all of the problems um, that face the planet today. But we really don't have time for that. The people who have the most power are in political office, but my generation can't run for office. They're not old enough yet. What do you think is the best route for the younger generation to make a change, especially if a lot of people in power aren't really listening? Again, this, these are not simple questions with simple answers, okay? It's going to take a multi-pronged approach for a paradigm change, and that's what we have to have. It cannot be business as usual anymore. We have to have a complete 180 if, we're going, if we are going to survive. Um, we give our governments a lot more credit than they should get because to some degree, they're very limited in what power they have. Um, and when you rule by executive order, that you're getting very close to an authoritarian state here. Um, so I think what the fact that you can't run for office has very little to do with it. I think anything that is going to really take place as far as, as, as the paradigm change, the shift that we need is going to be a grassroots It's going to be the people coming together, people standing together, people filtering out, connecting, and that's what I do. I connect people, I connect resources. Um, we try to give you tools and toolkits so that you actually can arm yourself to go out and make these changes. Now, there are people that are trying to do things and change things at the political level. But at this point in time, it's not business as usual in politics, whether it's the United States or anywhere, right? It's people don't get there because they are statesmen. People get there because somebody is paying for them to be elected. Um, and, and I think, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, we could point to statesmen, people that would go into <clears throat> I consider this to be public service. You know, that was a, such an honorable job, was such an honorable thing to do. And, you know, our politicians are ranked right along used car salesmen. So something has gone awry here. So we can't, we can work from that political level, but don't try to work <clears throat> and change a system that is broken. Let's try to recreate a system that is not. We agree that some of the biggest problems we face are linked to our disconnection from nature. If we simplify society and divide it into three groups, citizens, governments, and organizations or corporations, what do you think each of these three groups can do to resolve some of our biggest challenges around climate change through building a stronger connection with nature? <sighs> Well, I'm not going to be able to answer that one <laughs> exactly the way that you posed it either. Um, I think that thinking about Mother Nature as a resource to be used up, um, which we have, you know, this are, these are all collusionary groups. We have, you know, big banking, 
uh, big agro business. We have, you know, big farming, big uh, corporations, big technocrats. And so you can't really, they're not going to help us, believe it or not, because they have one bottom line, and that is profits before people. That's, that's it, right? And we can't have that. That is not sustainable. I believe that you cannot have personal health without planetary health. If we don't have Mother Nature functioning optimally in this very fragile and very complicated ecosystem, nobody wins. Because Mother Nature will be the one standing. Humans may be something of the past. We may be relegated to the dinosaurs. With every, unfortunately, every bee, bird, species, and thousands of years later, these little myceliums will start peeking through, and it will all start all over again. So we have to be very conscious about how we connect with Mother Nature and how we revere. Go, you know, trees are living beings. They have their own microbiome. We go into nature, we breathe that in. Nature's microbiome is now within us. We're not separate. And so we have to go back and recognize that we are connected. We're not separate from. Thank you so much. This was an amazing interview, and I'm so happy that you were able to do it. Um, I'm so glad, too, <laughs> because that's how it literally started out. You know, I was just such angst about... Um, I've worked with uh, USD, University of San Diego, mm -hmm. here for many, 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 many years and set up a nonprofit institute over there that educates people in nonprofit um, at a master's and doctoral level. I mean, it's a, it's a huge, huge program. And so when I work with young people, um, especially university students, I mean, I love to work with university students because, you know, you're, you've, you're looking at, when I was young, you know, we thought we had our whole lives ahead of us. We never questioned. We never questioned. But we were still burning trash in the backyard. So there you go with that one. Um, but you know, you have many more complicated things today that you have to that you have to think about. And so, how do we have you think about those things so that you can acknowledge a problem, work for solutions to those problems with other people, and then find hope for the future? Yeah. You have to have hope for the future. And I work with so many young people who say to me, I'm not having children. I, I don't feel comfortable in today's world having children. And I think to myself, we're in trouble. We're in trouble because you have a right to have a life and for your children to have a life and to grow up with good food, good water, clean air. I believe all those things are human rights. And and it doesn't, it doesn't look that way now. You know, um, I have done one photography book um, that's been printed, and we're getting ready to do another one. I have a co-author. I'm a nature photographer. And we go and we photograph these amazing places. And they're so pristine looking, you know? I mean, they're just 
just incredible. And then as you start looking beneath the layers, it, it, it's not pristine. The water is contaminated. The soil has issues. There's fracking. There is chemicals that are going through the, through the soil, into the water, draining. I mean, it's, it's just, so you can't tell by looking at it, you know, what you're actually dealing with. You just constantly have to, you have to question, you have to stand up. But the most important thing, just like you're doing, is you have a voice, and you have a big voice, and it's going to get bigger, I have a feeling. And um, I want you to stand. stand, stand with others, stand with people that think and believe the way that you do, and then work together with other organizations. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Wheel's out there. That's not necessary to do that. But you have to find those organizations that will work with you and support your vision. And know that it is not one climate crisis is a crisis of huge epic proportions. And it doesn't matter today if it was started by man, if we are in the sixth epoch, if we are in the Anthropocene. And none of that matters anymore. We just have to deal with it, right? So stop the discussion about how this is, is it this, is it this, doesn't matter. Let's just work towards solutions. But you can't go to the people that have caused this, the oil and gas, the blah, 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 you know, big chemical. You can't go to them to help you solve these problems. They're not interested in that. That's very true. That, it's, yeah. it's very true. So it's a, a multi-pronged approach to moving and for, us, for a sea change and changing the paradigm so that you, your little family, can go on and do better than we have done. Definitely. I'm, I'm very saddened by the way that I'm an early baby boomer, mm. by the way that we took everything for granted, that we used up thinking that there would always be more. And there isn't. And we do have things that we have to really worry about. We do have overpopulation. I mean, there is a tipping point where the planet is not sustainable because of the inhabitants. You know, Mother Nature has a way of culling mm -hmm. things as much as we don't want to see that. But that balances this fragile ecosystem that we have. Mm -hmm. And now it, that's not working anymore. You know, we have big pharma and big medical, the medical industry that keeps people alive, keeps their little hearts beating way past what Mother Nature would think their lifespan should be. You know, so how do we deal with that? And I don't have those answers, but I don't have a lot of answers, but I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. So ask questions. Align yourself with really good, smart people mm -hmm. and know where their information is. You know, when somebody says something to me, the first thing I say to them is, where did you get this? Tell me your source so that I can look it up and verify it for myself. And then we'll have a conversation. Yeah. If you got it at CNN or Fox, 
don't talk to me. I did want to ask you, how did you start? What was the first thing that you thought about when you started painting your series? I didn't think about anything. It was just the strangest thing. This was the first painting over there, and I call it the piece that painted itself. Mm -hmm. It's Mommy, Daddy, Tell Me What It Was Like. And when I paint, I start with uh, a wooden, wooden, mm -hmm. um, and I, I pour a substrate. So I just pour paint everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, just liquid paint, and just let it dry and see what happens. And that informs me. I pick out little places to start. You know, I don't have a clue what I'm going to paint. <laughs> and this one, I looked at that and I thought, oh my God, I see Mother Earth in there. And I see our, our capital is represented, but it's really our government, right? Yeah. And our government was breaking apart. It was, it was coming undone. And the people are the ones that are paying the price for that through the kind of horrible food that we have, through the soil, through um, climate change, through the oceans. And so what was left for me, it just started defining itself. And then I put some little people down there asking the question, tell me what it was like before, because they're not going to know. Yeah. You're not going to know what it was like when you can go out into Mother Nature, they started um, uh, fracking and mining the great Escalante staircase last year. That's, that is one of the most beautiful, sacred hiking spots. And who would do that, you know? Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's tearful. So I thought, well, that's that. Yeah. My little grandchildren came in and said, Ooh, Grammy, you, you'll be angry. <laughs> Why are you so angry? And I, and I just sat with it. Yeah. You know, and I think, was thinking like, well, we had this big economic collapse in 2007. Mm -hmm. And really, nobody was held accountable. Big banks, big industry, big insurance, they got a pass. They were too big to fail. Yeah. And that's when I did big banking over here. So that was, that was my thinking, yeah. right? That the people that are left holding the bag are us, yeah. you and me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's all I have to say. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I think there's one on climate crisis. <laughs> oh, there's another one. Okay. So I have three on climate crisis yeah. that painted themselves. I have this one called Round and Round, and this is what I think happens. We are like, you know, 67% of everybody who leaves Congress mm -hmm. becomes a lobbyist. Yeah. yeah. Now, where do you think their allegiance is going to be to? The money. The money. So you follow the money, mm -hmm. and it goes from industry to lobbying, mm -hmm back to the governments, back to industry. It just keeps going, to agencies. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps going like that. Yes. And then I did this one, which is called Democracy for Sale. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's kind of what it is. I mean, you can see yeah. that there's 
they go in a door, they in there for a while, they come out, they leave a trail, and go in another door. So they'll work for the government, then they'll work for an agency, then they'll work for industry. And all of the time, we're being left to pick up the pieces. So they just went on and on. This was one of my favorite ones. And this was, this was called, um, basically, the true cost of privilege. And the true cost of privilege is that it's 0.001%. That's that over there. And we are all around here. And they are using Mother Earth as a product. And they're leaving her very, very damaged. And so that, how is that possible? And how can that continue? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But until we, until we look at it and say, okay, this is happening. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening. Yeah. We can't start to begin to have a conversation about it. We have to acknowledge it. And we're so polarized mm -hmm. that we can't acknowledge. Um, I meet people every single day that have an opinion, doesn't matter what you say, they're going to stick with that opinion. So you can't go with facts because it's just their brains don't work. But when you see the visual art, mm -hmm. it, goes, it goes into your heart space. It doesn't go up here. You don't think about it first. You feel it first. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the whole idea, that art touches, moves, and inspires people to action especially young people. Yeah. So it just kept going. It just, yeah. it just kept going. And uh, these are my last two over. I don't know if I have any more left. Maybe, who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting to the point where they're getting a little um, uh, in your face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's like, well, maybe I won't show that one. <laughs> could really get me in trouble. But um, this one over here is my newest and most favorite one. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> this is, yeah. Yeah. okay. This is called Puppet Masters mm -hmm. All Around. And the way that I was telling the story mm -hmm. is that, you know, these are, these are the puppets. That's yes. us. Yeah. That's all of the living beings. We're going about our daily we all look good. We, you know, we think we're great, but under behind that, mm -hmm. there's a puppet master that is pulling the strings for us. Yeah, and they think that they're controlling everything, but that's not actually true. Yeah, there is a much larger agenda ahead for us that is a global kind of control. Again, with Big banking, mm -hmm. big industry, big philanthropy. Yeah. In my opinion, it's going to turn out that big philanthropy mm -hmm. and technocrats who are, do you know what a technocrat is? I think so, yes. It's someone who is very, very, very powerful, never been elected to a public office, right? Mm -hmm. That has just shown up and because of the money, yeah. placed themselves in a position of power. And we have a number of those now, yeah, we do. A, a number of those. And so they're really in 
positions of power, big time positions of power. We don't know how to go up against this. So we have to figure out ways that, I mean, they will, do I want to say that they can't afford to lose? And, the, and that's how I feel, that they can't afford to lose. So you've got all of the industries, all of the banking. So nobody is really in power. Nobody is really in power. The power shifts, you know? It shifts. And so that's when I did that one over there, was when I actually figured out where do I think the real power is? Where, where do I think that global power is? And I did it in a tic-tac-toe format, or Hollywood Squares format, which you are too young to know about. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> but you do know tic-tac-toe. You I didn't do, know Hollywood Squares. I do tic-tac-toe, okay. yes. And nobody wins. Oh, yeah. Nobody is going to win here. We've got Technocrats. We've got the G7. We have all of the media organizations. We have all the space. You know, we're, we, are, we are ruining space. We're ruining space. And we have all of these level four labs here. Mm-hmm. You know, level four labs are, there's about one reason for them to be in the world, and that's bioweapons. That's bioweapons, right? And we have 38 of them in the world. And a level three lab, which is one below that, we have almost 1,400 of those in the world. Now, why do we have those, and why do we need those? It's like having atomic bombs, right? If you got them, at some point, it might give you security, but they all, you may have to use them. And that means extinction for everybody. So here is big media. These are the powerful media moguls here that we're talking about. We're talking about Bloomberg. We're talking about Murdoch. We're talking about um, uh, uh, Comcast. Mm-hmm. And then we have big banking. And the four biggest banks in the world now are all Chinese. Uh, Chase and Goldman Sachs hardly show up anymore. So complicated stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's complicated stuff. And how do you get your head around it? You know? So you're going to have to look to people, your elders, to have these conversations and say, "We, we need to come together. Every single, every single industry needs to come together because every single industry is involved in are we going to be able to change this paradigm and move things forward or are we going to participate in this sixth mass extinction and how long is it going to take? And I had thought it was going to take years and years and years and years, but it doesn't look like it. So how do you get up in the morning as this beautiful, young, questioning girl and say, what's my job? How am I going to do this today? How do you do that? Tell me. A lot of the time I get up and I think, what's at least one thing that I can do to help move this message forward? And doing this is probably the biggest thing I've done ever so far. Um, 
and it's it's just I love animals and I love nature I always have and seeing them just being destroyed by these um, people in power it's uh, I, I have to do something otherwise what am I doing so this video um, that I'm doing with um, Alliance for International Minds for International Health. It's uh, to get the message out to people my age to see to get them together, saying we have to do something about this, otherwise. But you have to delineate the issues, yeah. right? They're going to say, "Get together for what?" <laughs> right? So you have to be prepared, and that's how that's how people like me. Mm -hmm. the elders can help you. We can help you craft messaging. Mm -hmm. We can help you write the story, right? Definitely. That that people will listen to and buy into it. Mm -hmm. And you do it with, words are, are important, but your dad knows you do it with music, mm -hmm. you do it with art, you do it with drama, you do it with poetry, you do it in many, many, many ways and people will accept your message better. But you need to work with us so that we can craft and create something that you can then, as a young person, go out and, and take that banner with you, and that will help you make a difference. Yeah. So I applaud you. I applaud you, and I'm with you. I mean, when I'm in nature, I am, that's, that's my religion. It's everything to me. And the fact that she is so compromised is just, it's, it's more than heartbreaking. I mean, I think about it all the time. Yeah, I get you. I think about it a lot. I think about it almost 24-7. It's in my mind. It's something that I think my whole life will be dedicated to just because of how amazing and wonderful she is. And I feel like I need to fight to protect her. We're fighting to protect ourselves because we are a part of that. You can't separate us. It's just one giant complex ecosystem. And we all reside in it and on it. There is no separation. And that's the message that we have to get across. That you are of Mother Earth. And I am of Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. And Mothers protect what they love, right? Yeah. Just like I'm sure that I would die for my children mm -hmm. and my grandchildren. And I'm sure that you would too. And, and we have to instill that in people. Like, we have to love our Mother Earth because she's hurting. She's hurting. She's showing us that she's hurting in climate crisis, in, um, you know, I'm a native Californian. And... Uh, I used to go every year since I was a small child to um, an old grove redwood forest, mm -hmm. big basin mm -hmm. up uh, near um, Half Moon Bay. And it burned this year. Yeah. One of the firestorms went through big basin. Mm -hmm. And I was there in, uh, it burned in, I think, February. I was there in November. I've been there almost every year. Mm -hmm. It's my place. Yeah. 
and it's burned. And two of these amazing old grove that are thousands of years old fell. Um, it will take 200 years for them, for all of the gro underneath growth to come back and start being sustainable again. Um, and I don't think I've ever been so hurt in my life. I mean, I felt like a part of me was gone. Yeah. You know, I can't bear to look at it. Oh, yeah. Um, I have something just similar to that. My grandparents have had a villa in the Bahamas. Um, and I went there in 2016, and it was the most amazing experience. I, it, it was magnificent. And then when... Um, I think it was uh, 2018 when a massive hurricane came through and destroyed all of it, completely gone. Um, my grandparents went back down there and their house was just, it was just the pillars. It was not even a house anymore. Um, and the entire community has been demolished and it was just gone. And I, I, I couldn't imagine it because I had just been there and it was completely fine, but that, I get that's what happens. That's how, yeah, it was, it was horrible. Well, when mother nature is upset, yeah. we feel it. Um, I was talking to someone in North Carolina and the last of the last five years, mm -hmm. North Carolina has had two of the rainiest years on record. Mm -hmm. So it's starting and, and there's water all underneath. I mean, yeah. it's just nothing but beautiful springs, but they're getting filled up, right? Yeah. Things are sliding. <laughs> I mean, it's, so things are changing. Mm -hmm. And I think we do have ways to, nature wants to regenerate, just like your body wants to regenerate, you know? We just have to help it along a little bit and not continue to contaminate it. Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm agree with you. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you so much for sitting down with me. This has been an amazing conversation and very informative. Um, thank you for sharing your work with us as well. These are all beautiful paintings. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. And good luck to you. Yeah. And I will support you in every way that I can. That's my job, is to create intergenerational conversations mm -hmm. To, to really look at these things and, and then go forward and then look at some of the solutions that we can do together and then create hope for the future. Definitely. That's what we have to do. Thank you. You're welcome.